everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. And we're sticking through that mission of bringing you the best rock and metal music, even from some of the younger artists, with a brand new one called Cameron Alexander coming to you right now. We talk about Cameron's growth, especially in the pop punk world, what it's like being a pop punk musician in Nashville, and his new song, Time to Break Up, which... Takes a look at breakups, of course, but not in the normal pop-punk way where it's, I hate you! Takes a much different perspective on that. Are you guys ready? Let's jump into a brand new artist! Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. One of our things is inspire young Rockefeller fans to discover new music, and we are definitely taking you on that journey today. This guy right here has a brand new song called Time to Break Up, which is out now for all of you to go listen to. If you like pop punk, this guy's been living and breathing pop punk ever since he probably came out of the womb. But you might not know anything about him. Now is the perfect time to get to know about him before he gets into that pop punk stardom and starts touring all across the world and making you remember that pop punk is one of the greatest things of all time. So please welcome Cameron Alexander to the podcast. So Cameron, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. What's up, man? It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Dude, it is great to have you on, and I got to start out by asking this, because literally, I know as much about you as everyone else does right now, so I need that introduction from you, man. Give me your own little backstory. Give me that own little introduction, maybe if elevator pitch style. You can riff as long as you want. I don't care. I just got to know, who the hell are you, man? All right, yeah, so um, I guess for starters, I was born at a very young age uh, at the uh, the small town of Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, sort of outside of it, so... I, it's always weird when people ask you where, where you're from and you say a city and they're like, what part? And then I'm like, oh, Metairie. And people are like, that's not actually New Orleans. It's like, yeah, like I didn't grow up like in the French Quarter, but I'm from there. <laughs> um, so small town, uh, went to like normal high school, everything like that. Um, and I kind of just always grew up loving music. I kind of sucked at everything else. And then music was the first thing I w- was good at. And so my parents were like, totally, dude, like we'll just do whatever you want with music because like it's the only thing you're good at. So um yeah, I started playing piano when I was in like second grade. Um, I wanted to learn drums first. But my parents actually made me pick up uh, the piano, which I think is like a classic thing parents do. Um, but piano was cool, but I just kind of got bored of it eventually. And then I started picking up guitar when I was like 10, 11. And that was also when I got into rock music. Um, I got into bands like Green Day and like the All-American Rejects and stuff like that, like mid 2000s kind of rock stuff. And that was when my eyes were just open to the whole like rock world. And like that was just the part of the music scene that I got just really broke into and just fell in love with. And so ever since then, I've just been into rock music and a lot of different types of music as well. But um, yeah, I uh, started playing guitar when I was 10 and then kind of picked up bass along the way and drums as well. Um, And I was kind of in and out of bands like pretty much all throughout my childhood. And um, it was dope. I mean, I I have so many like live experiences uh, and like I'm 21 now, but I mean, I've been playing bands and stuff ever since I was like 11. So. I have a lot of experience with that and um, it's been a lot of ups and downs and it's been really cool, but um, I always just kind of struggled finding people that like pop punk in general uh, in Louisiana. It just wasn't like a very popular thing. Um, And I just always struggled like with finding members that like really wanted to do the exact same thing as me. Um, So I kind of got to a point where I was just like, fuck it, I'll do it all myself. Um, So I got to to a point where like I knew every instrument kind of good enough and uh, I had Ableton on my computer and stuff and I was like, all right, I'll just start making demos and like see if I can do this myself. And I got into like songwriting uh, senior year of high school. Um, So that was when I like really started writing full songs. I mean, I'd kind of like made beats and experimented uh, 
at like before that. But uh, yeah, senior year of high school was when I really started like doing the whole like Cameron Alexander pop punk stuff. Uh, and so then I moved to college and uh, I live in Nashville now uh, doing the thing over here. And uh, it's been awesome over here. I've met like a ton of cool musicians and stuff. Definitely got out of like my small town where no one really does music. And so I'm surrounded by music all the time. I'm doing all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I am today. So moving over to Nashville, of course, everyone out there is going to have this association with Nashville around country music, with how big it is, especially if you go down to Broadway, go to all the bars, it's anything to walk down at any point in time during the day, you're going to hear somebody playing their own country music, doing covers. But I do know a lot of other people as well that have had in the podcast that have moved to Nashville because of the way the music scene is. So it's starting to become a little bit more of that melting pot of a of a scene and of a space where when you started out, you know, you're in the small town just outside of New Orleans and not many people doing pop punk in terms of maybe really being into it. You have to go out to the West Coast or go to the Northeast or come where I met in the Midwest. And man, you would have probably had a freaking blast everywhere where you could gone if you would have come up here and just been like, you know, brave the cold a little bit, maybe, especially coming to the Midwest or the Northeast. But yeah. just the way that the scene is, especially for anything rock and metal, seems like it's always a lot more kind of happen up around here. I'm not knocking anybody else in any other region of the country, but it just seems at times like there's a little bit more that's happening up here that people are getting connected with. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. Um, I, I guess a lot of people say like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. Like maybe I was just born in the wrong area code. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like definitely up there. And then like West Coast, like I would I, I've been to L.A. like a few times uh, like before COVID. But um, I definitely like to get out there again, like try to play some more shows, maybe even move out there at some point. Just uh, do like a huge relocation because like I mean, a big reason I came to Nashville was like it's still pretty close to home. Um, so I wasn't making this like insane life change where I was just moving across the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, the national scene is pretty awesome. Like, and I think what you were speaking to, uh, with there being a big scene in Nashville, like a big music scene, uh, there definitely is. And I think you can definitely, uh, attest to that to just like the internet as well. I mean, I feel like with the internet, you kind of see everyone doing everything everywhere. Um, so I think that's definitely a big thing that's made, uh, just everything feel like you can do it anywhere. Like, I don't, I, I feel like I can still do everything I want to do here. And I probably could still do a lot of things I wanted to do in New Orleans uh, with the internet and everything. Uh, so it's definitely great. Like, I don't, I don't feel the need to be in one certain city. Yeah, I can understand that too. Cause even from the podcast perspective, it's, I can do this easily where I'm at right now. It's I don't have to go out to LA or go out to New York and be where that scene might be happening, where all the music is happening. Does it help being close to a spot like that? Yeah, because right now I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we get bands always coming in and out. But if, you know, tours might miss us consistently. But for me, I just have to hop in the car, drive an hour and a half south, and I'm already in Chicago, and I don't need to go anywhere else, really. Like, everything is right there. However, what you're saying about the internet does make a lot of sense because we've seen a lot more, many more musicians that have distanced themselves away from that, you know, classic, what we always thought about, like, the 70s, 80s, that rock scene, Motley Crue, just something like that where everything had to happen, you know, in that hotbed of the LA area or maybe the New York area, or if you had a specific scene, you had to go to that location to be in it. Now you don't necessarily have to, but it does help being able to have access to a scene that is popping off for your style of music because it allows for a little bit easier ways to get out there, 
get exposure, get people to recognize you, get people to see your music live and not just hear it over the internet. Of course, the internet's a great thing because you can send it to everybody, but it adds a little bit more oomph now, even if you're still closer to the scene. You don't have to be right there in the middle of it, but you just have to be close enough to one of those. Yeah, for sure. And I think it it can also be a really big advantage if you're in a city where there's like the thing you want to do isn't like the biggest area for it. Uh, you can kind of make you can make it cool yourself there and you can kind of make it your own thing. Like, I mean, Nashville is not a gigantic pop punk scene, but I think it's pretty cool because like I just kind of see that as like, well, I can I can kind of be the one to lead it over here and like see where that goes, because they're really there's not like a huge pop punk uh, scene here, but. I mean, I still play some decent shows and I, and I still have like a few hundred people like, you know, jumping around and dancing like and they don't even they're not like hardcore lovers of the genre. So it's 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 a great way to just like introduce it to people, too. Man, don't sell yourself short. I mean, two like two, three hundred people at a show that are bouncing around for just, you know, in a scene where it's probably not going to be the most popular. It still is a pretty hell of a good accomplishment. But on the flip side with Nashville, Nashville's a very interesting spot if you think about it from this perspective. Yes, it is known for country music. Yes, that is the big thing for it. But it's also a lot of tourism coming in there. So people coming from all over the country to go there specifically for the music. Now you take a lot of people that are my age, a little bit older, even, you know, late 20s, early 30s. We grew up with all the pop punk stuff. Like when you brought me, you know, listen, All American Rejects and listening to Green Day. I mean, how many of us, even myself, one of the biggest eye openers was Green Day's American Idiot album and how it opened up everything else from there. Getting to bands like Blink-182, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, All American Rejects. Uh, and again, and even to bring me the horizon as well, just adding on to it. So there's this affiniation for the genre, for this positive emotional connection that people that are traveling to Nashville, even if they just love country music, have. So they see a pop punk, so they hear you at a bar, they hear you somewhere. They're going to be drawn to that. They're going to be drawn to the sound. So you have one hell of an opportunity in Nashville if I'm thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah, dude, for sure. I, and like, it really is just a big music city in general. I mean, like you walk, there's a guitar in any room you go into. It, it, it's really weird. Like when I go home and stuff and I just meet, like, I just go back to like the normal ass people town where like no one, like I'm looked at like a circus monkey. Like I tell people I'm like a music major and they're like, you can do that in school. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But like, if you're here, you're just another fish in the pond, which definitely has its own kind of uh, scary. And because you also get here and you realize there's like people worse than you. And then there's also like a million people better than me. Um, so, I mean, like I, I've gone to school with some people that like moved into their college dorm and then just dropped out the next few weeks because they just became a famous musician out of nowhere. And it's like, damn, that's that's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, uh, I was going somewhere with the other I don't know. I forgot what I was, where I was going. <laughs> I don't know. Some, it was something about, you know, when you're going back home, it's like, you know, people look at you as a circus monkey, kind of like, you know, it's, you might be the biggest influence of your area, but if it's, there's really no one in that area, right. what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Big I was saying it's just, small it's a great music city because pretty, like anyone is open to like any music because yeah, it's a huge tourist town, like with people wanting to come hear music. Um, and then like being in a music school, like everyone, there's just a huge like house show scene here. So there's like tons of kids that are just down to go see like any random live band play like and whatever they got they're interested to hear it so that's like another really good thing just everyone here is is down to hear music and doesn't think it's like it's not out there for anyone yeah it's not out there for people to go to see house shows people to go to see a show like on a random night that you don't even know the band but maybe one of your friends is playing in the show or maybe one of your friends knows someone it's like hey want to come along 
Well, you're not necessarily going to say no for two reasons. One, because it is the thing to do. And secondly, because you know the music is going to have the quality you're looking for it, even when it's an artist that you have no idea who it is or someone that's just trying to start out, especially in a scene that is known for music. That's where a bunch, you know, going through there and saying, I'm going to make it. But then you're seeing people that are worse than you, but a lot of people that are better than you. It's like, okay, you know what kind of quality you have to have and what you have to get to in order to stand out amongst a sea of people amongst a sea of musicians so that you can get to the next level that you want to get to yeah exactly so kind of like now that you're in nashville now that you're doing a lot of this stuff you're really focusing in on this with your music what have you seen happen with your shows and with your musicianship going forward since you've gotten out of your hometown from being what's seen as the circus animal to going to nashville being amongst many 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 musicians and many 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 other lovers of music hmm what have I seen? I mean, I definitely, what I was talking about earlier about like having a lot of band experience as a young kid, like uh, that's something I definitely cherish now because uh, I definitely see a lot of people my age that are doing this and like they're within their first few years of doing it. And so I can kind of see like um, just a little bit of like almost like stage fright and stuff that like I remember having, but I feel like I just don't really have that anymore. So um, I definitely feel lucky to have like had those experiences as a young kid and like I feel like I was pretty prepared for like moving to a new city and like doing a whole music thing by myself um as well as that uh like what what we've been talking about also just like with pop punk not being like a huge thing I I really looked at that as like a really cool thing because it really helps me stand out like if I was a country artist doing stuff here Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd have to really be like trying to reinvent the wheel to get noticed um but it's it's really fun to just be able to do my own thing and uh, just kind of explore it here. So, yeah. But even from that perspective, too, with pop punk, it's something where as like as time goes on, as time has gone, especially since the pandemic, it's younger generations compared to, well, for me, younger generations. So your people your age, people that are even younger than you as well, are getting more into the genre once again as well. So you're starting to see even more of that perspective come into play where, yeah, there might be other people that are doing it, but with your experience through this, you know, basically being in bands for, you said from when you were 11, you're 21 now, so that's practically half of your life. So you have that experience and you have that way to stand out. You don't have those stage fright moments. You have the ability to be on stage. And when things go wrong, it's like, okay, how do I pivot from this? How do I go from this? How do I turn this potential negative into a positive for the crowd so that they don't even know that this was not part of it? Or even if it was supposed to be part of it and they easily notice it, how do we flow with it? Because that's the piece they're going to remember. It does help you stand out in a world where even, you know, when you're, where you're at a whole bunch of country music all over the place, but you're still able to stand out given the large music scene, the large focus in on music in general, and a genre that's coming back full force, similar to like it was back in 2005 and 2006. Yeah, dude. And like, like I was saying, like, while I am grateful to like have all that experience under my belt, like coming to a new city, um, I, there is definitely just something new to learn every single day. I mean, like I could go to any show and hear an amazing singer, an amazing guitar player and be like, fuck, I got to go home and practice more. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how people listen to me. Uh, like with all these amazing musicians and stuff. Um, so like, there's just always something to learn. There's always something to work on. Um, every time I get on stage, I have a great time, but I also like, I just love having meetings with my bandmates afterwards. Like we could make this even tighter. Uh, we could add another harmony here. We could add another guitar part here. Um, so there's, it, there's always a learning experience with it. And that's like a really awesome thing. 
So now that I know that you said, you know, you've been working on all this stuff and you've been putting a lot of stuff together yourself, playing all of the instruments yourself, you know, drums, guitar, bass. So when you're playing live shows, you do have a full band behind you that is like fully, you know, behind you all the way, every step of the way. Now, before, you know, when you were in Louisiana, it was just like people just kind of jumping in and out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I never really played a, a Cameron Alexander show when I was first in New Orleans. I mean, I was like, I was in and out of bands. Doing, like, I was a drummer for one band. I was a bassist for one band. I was like a guitar player, lead singer for one band. And, like, we would do all kinds of different stuff. But uh, I, I had never, like, front man a Cameron Alexander thing, like, wrote my own pop punk stuff and, and did it. So, yeah, coming to Nashville was my first experience with that. All right. And since that, then, you know, when it comes to writing music in the future, especially the guys that you have behind you right now and the whole entire Cameron Alexander thing, are you going to add their, more there into the mix? Is it going to become a full band? Is all of a sudden going to go from Cameron Alexander to Cameron Alexander and, you know, some other crazy name or some other crazy name like Black Mayonnaise? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> kind of spitting balling right now. But like, what's the plan going forward from there? Yeah, uh, I think the most important thing with that stuff is it just needs to happen naturally. Uh, I don't want to force anyone being in my band or force anyone to not be in my band. Um, I don't want to force myself to do it alone forever. If I can do, if I can provide a better music experience for people uh, like with a band, um, and people have definitely influenced my music. It's not like I, it's not like every single thing is me. Um, a lot of it is. But I mean, like my drummer and my bassist, like will still come to studio sessions and be like, oh, like, what about this little thing? What about that little thing? Um, so I, I'm totally open to people contributing to my to the music. Uh, yeah. I'll say you, you need to have that, too, though, because you can be the best songwriter in the world, the best musician in the world and have certain ideas that are coming out that you're trying to put out that you're trying to record. But because everyone else has a different mindset, a different perspective, and our ears just hears things differently, maybe you're trying to put something in there that might be a little too complex that's not necessarily hitting when you could just simplify and it's, okay, this isn't might necessarily want to be the way that you wanted it in your mind. But then when you hear it, because they have that perspective, you hear it played out and it's like, oh my God, that was the missing piece. Holy shit. So you're be having the ability to continue to do what you want to do, grow your music the way you want to grow it, but still have the input from the other guys that you're working with and how to make this even better. Again, like you said, going out and seeing other people, seeing every single show, seeing a better singer, seeing a better guitar player and learning from them, figuring out what are they doing? How are they doing it? Is there a piece that they're doing that I'm not doing that I want to implement into my music? And if so, how are they doing it so I can figure out how they did it, reverse engineer it down to the principles, re-engineer for myself and go forward? Like there's a lot there for you, man. Yeah, that's an amazing way to put it. And it's definitely an amazing lesson to uh, fully take in. And I think it's it's very easy to get in a sort of community like this and feel very uh, almost attacked by how good other people are. Um, when that's really just a destructive mindset and it's like not really going to help you, but exactly if you can just like really take in everything around you and be able to make it better and just be open to other people influencing you in a positive way. I mean, that's when the magic really happens. And it, it really is such a godsend, like having fresh ears to hear your music. I mean, I've definitely written myself into a corner dozens of times and then shown one person like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. And they're like, Oh, have you tried this? And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, <laughs> That the song's right there, and I was just missing it every time. I just needed a new person to come, like, listen to it. Yeah, you just get that whole entire just, fuck, why did I think of that moment? Exactly. Just out of nowhere. But the mindset that you have going for it is something that is very imperative to continue to have. 
and very important for other musicians that are growing as well either even at your stage, even for the longer than you, or even younger than you that are trying to go up, grow up where, of course, you're, when you're going to enter a scene, when you're going to start playing music, there are going to be people that are better than you. You know, the best musician in the world, of course, you know, whoever that is, whoever that would be considered, is there one better than them? Well, in the future, there's going to be, but what happens is there are so many other people doing so many other things where if you go into a scene and think that you're going to make it, that you're going to become the biggest thing, and after about a week or so, you're seeing what everyone else is doing, and you're just kind of getting, you know, angry. It's like, oh, well, they're doing this and we're not doing this. So we're, you're getting nervous. You're getting scared. You're kind of staying in this fixed ideal of you wanted your sound to be one way. You wanted your sound to be the one that hit. But you're seeing that these other influences, these other pieces are what's hitting with the crowd that are absolutely working. And you might be able to build off something with that in your music. But instead of like, it's not necessarily selling up, but just listening to the influences and listening to the audience and seeing, you know, where things are potentially going, what is really hitting with certain ideas right now, and how can you take those ideas, rework them in your head, and make them work for your style of music so that you can expand upon it and really grow. I, I, I think Bad Omens is a great example of this because you listen to their first record, even their second record. Second record has a little bit more of that like flavor too, but the first one, straight metalcore. And now with Death of Peace of Mind, yeah, there's some songs on there that go ahead, but there's some songs that go really flowy out of nowhere. Like, what the hell's going on? And in three years, they went from a band I was supposed to see in a 250 cap room to seeing them sell out a venue of 4,000 plus. Yeah, it's it's really important to balance. But one of the, I think the biggest hump I had to get over uh, as a songwriter and as a musician was uh, I would always like be playing guitar or something or and like looking at other musicians and be like, well, I'm not the best at this. I'm not the best at that. Like, how am I ever going to stand out? Um, and then I realized like the way you stand out is, is you make it yours. And that's not, that's not something that can really be good or bad. It, it's you're either you or you're not. Um, and I think like, that's one of the reasons I love Blink-182 so much. Like uh, Tom DeLonge is by no means like one of the best guitar players ever, but you know, you know, when he's playing guitar, you know, when he's holding guitar, you can always tell that like, it's a Tom DeLonge riff. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of other bands out there too, that do the exact same thing. And I mean, Bring Me the Horizon is manic all over the place. But once you hear like that, the voice from Ollie, it's like, okay, you know, so Bring Me the Horizon song, no matter how far away they go with it, whatever the hell Falling in Reverse is doing right now, it's just like, yeah, whatever Ronnie's doing right now, it's just freaking working. There's a bunch of other bands. Ice Nine Kills even going full in on themselves and saying, you know what? Let's just go with the whole entire horror movie thing and just see if this works because that's who we are. That's what we want to do. So they went for it and yeah, they're opening for Metallica. I mean, again, yeah. went, went from a band that was maybe playing basement venues to opening for Metallica because they it's it's not necessarily saying now for the great it's great enough for the greatness of your music, but it's saying up for the greatness of your music because you stayed true to what you were and you did it in a way where you stand you stood out because of your own uniqueness. You didn't stand out because you were the best sounding, you because you're the most, you know, technical. You stood out because you were the best at what you could do. And you connected with so many other people based off of that. Exactly. You really just have to be yourself and just show up every day. Yeah. I mean, what is it? It was like 90% of uh, making it is just showing up or 97, 90%. I can't remember the fucking quote. I'm, I even work in <laughs> corporate America and they say it all the time. And here I am messing it up already. So you can definitely see where my mindset is, you know, working a full-time job or doing a podcast. Which one do I prefer? It, 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 it's this. It's oh, this. yeah. <laughs> I feel you. 
it's definitely this. And of course, you know, we're talking about your style. We're talking about, you even got a brand new song out now called Time to Break Up. So walk me through this one, man. What was the inspiration behind this song overall? Because I kind of looked at the press release. I want to hear from you because, man, this kind of had a little bit of a wild ride behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this song was a super fun song uh, to create and put out. Uh, and it really came out of nowhere. It, it didn't really happen like a lot of my other songs. Like a lot of my other songs uh, will start with me like kind of coming up with a guitar riff and then like some sort of magical strike. And I'll just kind of do it all myself. Like I, I make a lot of like, demos myself um, and I come up with like every single guitar part, every single lyric, every single drum, like everything. And like put it in a demo and then I bring it to a producer, uh, my producer, Liam. Uh, and then we, we kind of like rebuild it from the ground up together. Um, and his magic will, he'll, his magical influence will be in there as well, like as it gets rebuilt. Um, but this was a session where we were kind of just like, let's just, let's just get in the studio one day and just kind of see what happens. Uh, and honestly, I was pretty nervous. I, I didn't do a lot of stuff like that. I was really nervous. We'd walk in the studio and we would like sit there for hours and just like not really have anything going um but that's not really how it happened uh i just came in and the night before i kind of had a relationship endeavor and end in a pretty uh not in a way i would like it to um but yeah i kind of just went in that day and me and liam are pretty close and we were just talking about it and uh and then we talked about it for a while and then i was like oh hey i have this guitar riff i want to show you and i played it for him which is the guitar riff in the beginning of the song uh, and so we laid that down and then we just started messing around and uh, some lyrics started happening. And uh, I didn't really know how to feel about it when I first had it written down. I was like, I don't really know. Cause it was such a, it, it wasn't like an experience I was really used to with with my producer, like just like writing with him in front of him, uh, like about real shit in my life that had happened like yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I felt sort of weird about it when I first did it and uh, the song, sat for a few weeks and eventually i finished it and then like i started showing it to people and people were saying they really liked it and then i started listening to it more and it really grew on me and then i realized like it was just something i it was time to put out i had so to before, like get it out to the world before we dive deeper into it you know sitting on it for a couple of weeks did you say just because of the fact that you know when you came up with it it was right after that relationship it was like the day after and all of a sudden you know the emotions are still raw they're still pretty fresh even after you laid down this riff and you're trying to put it together it's like you know maybe kind of holding off on it just to because of those emotions but then continuing to have that mindset for this song and writing it literally in real time really helped bring out that connectivity for it so people that are listening to it can also have fun with it but fully understand what's going on in terms of the emotion not only from the riff from your uh vocal style but also from the lyrics as well yeah yeah i mean i i guess i guess i gave it time also because i was just scared of i, I wasn't sure if i was looking at it objectively you know um so i felt like i was scared like i didn't know if it was really good or really bad or somewhere in between um so i really i just like needed to give it time and just sort of come back to it a little bit later so you let simmer for a little bit and just be like, okay, is this ready to come out right now? Does it need another five more minutes in the oven or another five yeah. more weeks? No, no, no. That looks good. That that sounds good. Let's just see what people yeah. think about it. And everyone got a taste of it. It's like, holy shit, dude, you got to put this out. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. I, I, I'm friends with so many different artists and I, I hear a lot of people say like, oh, I make so much shit and I think it's awesome. And then the next day I play it back and I hate it. And honestly, I feel like it's the opposite for me. I feel like I make a lot of stuff where I'm like, 
why the fuck am I even doing this right now? And then like a week later, I'll assume like, oh shit, wait, that's really, I, I like that a lot. It all depends upon your mindset. It all depends upon your perspective and your ears at that time. Because who was I talking with? This would have been, I was talking with uh, Shaley from Dayshell because he had worked on his brand new album Pegasus with producer Joey Sturgis. So they were working on a lot of this stuff and as time went on, it was like, they'd go for, they'd go way, way, way too much, like way too long in the day. Like they do like eight hour sessions, which is like, that's insane. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. okay, as, as they got to later on in the day, it's like, okay, you know, they may have hit something that they thought was really good. And they record it, but then they'd figure out what was going on with it and why they wanted to have it sound that way. So when they played it back, because now when they woke up the next day, you know, your ears had a time to rest. They weren't being blasted with noise. So now they're going in with a fresh perspective. And you may have thought of something was sounding absolutely fantastic. And the next day it's like, fuck that hurt. Why did we do <laughs> yeah. that? But then you have the idea yeah. of why you went down that route and you can basically reverse engineer it to get to the point where you want to get to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just freaking nuts. And again, going through the whole entire idea of, you know, writing a song about, of course, about a breakup. I mean, time to break up. It makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense. And of course, everyone has gone through stuff like that. If you haven't gone through some sort of like breakup, whether it's, you know, relationship, friendship, anything, I really don't know what to tell you. I'm pretty sure everyone's gone through something like that at some point. So always writing from a perspective of not only personal experience, but something that connects with so many people where they can take the song, take the lyrics, take the instrumentals, take the emotions, boil it down to the core and then figure out where the song is going and then put their own experience into it and play it through their head like a movie. That's how a song like this gets so much uh, connectivity with everybody else. Yeah, and it's also a particular type of breakup song that I never thought I would write, um, which definitely made me feel like I matured like when I wrote this song because when I was writing it, I was writing these lyrics and I didn't really understand like the type of thing I was making because there, I mean, there's just so many breakup songs where, especially in pop punk, where it's just this sort of thing where it's like, oh, the other person is evil and they <laughs> destroyed me and I hate them. Um, but that this wasn't really the case. It was sort of just like this apathetic feeling of like, this sucks, but it just feels like it's kind of needs to happen. And like, let's both just move on. Yeah, that was uh, something that really surprised me throughout this song was that perspective on it. it. I wasn't expecting it, like you said, compared to where everybody else in pop punk would go with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, it was just kind of wild because, and from your perspective too, not only maturing as a person, maturing as a songwriter in this, when you're thinking about this breakup, it's something where, okay, it was more just, you know, this is gonna, this has to happen. It's like the relationship has run its course to, if you keep going on in it, it's because you're trying to prolong that, the inevitable, you're trying to prolong that negative emotion of a breakup and having to go through yeah. it back. You don't want to have that confrontation, but by not having that moment and not having that breakup and not having that confrontation, you're going to be doing so many other things that are going to be making you even worse off, whether it's doing stupid things that are going to impact the person that you're in a relationship with in a negative way or doing things that are going to be just putting you further behind by doing literally nothing. Again, putting out for yourself in a negative way where it's this kind of just had to happen and it was just it was just time. Right. Totally. That's like, like the whole self-sabotage in a relationship and that type of stuff is like definitely something I was wanting to avoid. And I felt like I made a mature decision that was really hard and I didn't necessarily feel rewarded for at the time. Um, but it, it was so, sort of something that just had to happen. And then like being able to write about that experience definitely uh, made me fully take it in. Yeah, it's the whole entire rip off the Band-Aid moment where you got a big Band-Aid on your arm and you're like, you, once you rip it off, it's going to freaking hurt because you're pulling out all those arm hairs. You're just like, son of a, why did I do that? Then all of a sudden, like a minute later, you're like, 
Oh, that feels a lot better. Now I don't get this little hangy thing on. Here. Yeah, and I don't have it, all that. Like, we I gotta go wash, like wash off all the weird, dirty adhesive on my skin. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it's all good. It's all done now, and it's something where it's the same thing here. Where again, that perspective of knowing that it had run its course, knowing that you, both of you were gonna be better off at this point had you just you know called it a day. You did it. Of course it hurts. Of course it sucks. Like ripping off a bandaid. But now, you know, you know, weeks later, months later, you're looking back on it, it's like, you know, you're in a better place. Hope maybe the, the other person's in a better place as well. Hopefully they are as well. And so the, you know, they look back at this, even they listen to the song, it's like they can even connect with it too, even if they were in the relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. Which and which, that's uh, like a really big uh a really big way I know that I'm doing well, uh, like with writing songs is when I show my songs to my musical friends and they like understand the concept without me telling them because I've showed it to them a few times. I've showed the song like in the past before it came out, like to some of my friends and they were like, yeah, it's really weird. Like this is a breakup song, but like you feel it, you seem like you feel so like you feel like good about the breakup. Like it's like it's bad that it happened, but it's still kind of chill. Um, and so I was like, yes, I know. I, I know I did something right. Yeah, because at that same point, too, it's the negative things that were coming from that relationship. It's like you you drop them. You got rid of them. You don't you're not holding on to that anymore. So when you're writing a song like this, it's like, yeah, it's about a breakup, but you feel good about it because now all that negative emotions and all those unhappy things are dropped from you are dropped from the other person as well. So you're both able to go forward and live fully from it. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe it wasn't the best, you know, relationship in the world, but at the same time it puts you both in a better place. So, hey, why not just be chill about it and just, you know, kick back, relax, and drive a convertible in the music video because that's the vibe you're trying to put out. Exactly. As bad as I put that, as the vibe you're trying to put out. God, <laughs> no, I get it, I get it. Jesus Christ. Okay, someone <laughs> get me a fucking tequila shot or something. I need to I need to feel <laughs> young again. Yeah. <laughs> but but kind of looking through, because I wrote down a whole bunch of notes on the song, because I want to make sure that this was something that I made sure I wasn't going to mess up on. I mean, when I looked at my overall, I'm like, this was quite a well-constructed song for such a young artist, where I've heard plenty of songs from young artists where there's a lot of construction, there's ideas there, but the execution on those ideas is not to fruition yet. And that's not saying they're ever going to come to fruition. That just comes from experience, from youth, from trying to start out with this stuff. But for you, it was just the way it was constructed with having this nostalgic pop punk feel with some of these like contemporary influences to change and create a flow of a story of like wanting to change, breaking from that relationship because it's better for the both of you and then having it work out really well. It's the way that it flowed, the way the instrumentals put together. It's it's incredibly well constructed, man. So I got to give you credit for that. Thank you, man. That really means a lot to me. And even from like the vocal style too, they do a great job guiding us lyrically through the verses and then energetically the pre-chorus and then that chorus tone. So it's like, we're building up that energy. Then when you get to the chorus, it's, it does have that like, you know, I'm okay with this vibe, which is again, yeah. for a breakup song, even in pop punk, especially pop punk, ludicrous to think that that's the case, but it's <laughs> like, you know what? This is all good. This is Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the first songs I... Uh, I, I like when you're making pop punk music, you always want to go for like the most banger high, like vocally uh, high chorus like you can do and everything like that. Um, but this was like a weird song where I kind of flipped it on its head and did like a higher vocal register in the verses. Um, and it felt like really uh, like staccato and everything like that. Uh, and then the verses or the chorus is hit and it's like lower and chiller than the verses. Well, um, and that was. Oh, sorry, go go ahead. No, keep going. 
Okay. Yeah, no, that was just something that uh, I had never really done before and it felt weird at first. And I was like, oh, wait, that's like a really cool way to, to mix it up. And I think it really helps convey like the vibe and the message of the song. Absolutely. So think about it from this perspective, classic pop punk, where it's a breakup song of this, where the verses are a little bit more lower, where it's okay. You're, it's like, you're like holding on to that pain. You're like, you're trying to get to that point. You're trying to get to that point. You're trying to get to that point. And then when the chorus hits and it's like the message is like the, you know, the, you hurt me, fuck you kind of thing. You have all of that, you know, those negative feelings towards a person just boiling up to the surface, which is really what hits in terms of the chorus. Again, it's the emotional guide that hits there from this way to this way or this way, or whichever, whichever way is going to be right on the video. I don't <laughs> even know anymore. But when it comes to how you did it, of course, the, 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 uh, the higher parts, of course, being in the verses, because this is like before the breakup happens. This is where the pain is because... All the negativity is still in there. It's like the relationship has run its course, but then you get to the chorus and now it drops back down in terms of tone. Now it's more chill. Now it's a little bit more relaxed because that, um, that pain is gone. It's you dropped it. Even for the other person, it's been dropped as well. The negativity has been dropped. So you're kind of in this more relaxed, comfortable state and having that vocal go from top to then bottom. That's how it really works out in terms of the vibe. So this is really where it stands out vocally from that pattern going up here to then down here. Yeah, for sure. You explained my song better than I think I could have. Hey, man, that's not the first time I've heard that shit. I, <laughs> I, I, this is what I love going about and talking about music, especially with the other artists, with the artists as well, just because I pick up on certain things. You pick up on certain things. And there's things where you're going to pick up on, especially from more of a musical technical perspective that my brain is never, ever, ever going to hit. But mm -hmm. just because of how much emotionally connected I am to some of these songs and to some of the uh, stuff that's going on in my head and how I relate to songs and how I really get in deep with them, that's where it happens and how I can figure out how what you were trying to achieve. This is where you wanted to go. This is where the message of the song is. This is where the story of the song is. So now I know exactly how are the instrumentals going to try and get there? How are the vocals going to try and get there? How is the pattern going to try and get there? And if you can tell that story in a song, all the great songs in the world right now, that's what they're doing. It's they're just telling those stories. They're telling mm -hmm. those stories through the emotional journey. And that's how they're hitting. And man, I think you yeah. did it here. I think you and really they have did it TikTok here. dances. And yep. And they have TikTok dances, whether they're as you know simple as possible or as cringy as ever. Exactly. And that's why I'm glad I'm not on TikTok anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's probably, you know, oh, for exposure ideas because of how big TikTok is. But, dude, I, I for the podcast, man, I just can't do it. But I understand why so many musicians do it because of how the platform is bringing so much more music to the ears of so many people. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's such a great marketing tool. I mean, it can definitely feel... Uh... It could definitely feel creatively void, but uh, you kind of just need to find your own thing with it. I mean, I definitely had a, I definitely made a lot of TikToks in the past where it's like, what am I doing? But I feel like I'm definitely on the road to like making cool stuff I enjoy. You just really got to find your own thing. And, and it's a really hard, uh, it's just a hard structure when it's, you got like 15 seconds to a minute to like catch someone like that. Yeah. And very similarly to when it comes to music, like we had talked about earlier, it's, you know, you might have a vision for it, but it's how do you stand out? It's you stand out because you are your own self and you make that the big thing. When it comes to TikTok as well, the people I know that are, that have gotten big on it, it's because they made it themselves for their own, like they're, like they're big, they got big on it because they basically doubled down on what they were doing, how they were doing it themselves. Of course, mixing what was popular at the same time, but the core was still who they were at the center of it. Of course, you're going to get all like, you know, the, 
the super cringy, just same old dances, the lip syncs, all that crap. Or the, um, what this person, like, they went down to this uh, ancient chamber. And what they found may shock you. And then it's a three-minute video <laughs> where they literally found, you know. Like for part two. Yeah, like, yeah, the like, for, like, all that kind of crap. It's like all the same stuff over and 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 over again. Then you get, especially from the music scene, I'll go back to Bad Omens and you get them to do stuff like with Just Pretend. And it just absolutely blows up like crazy. I don't, there was never going to be a song like that that was going to blow up, but it, it did. And then all of a sudden I've seen other bands, especially from the rock and metal world, blow, start getting a lot of traction and blow up because their songs are connecting with the TikTok audience and we're allowing them to really create their own stuff off it. Whether it was dances, whether it was lip syncs, whether it was just some weird emotional connection to it, it allowed for that to happen because the bands had this own unique flavor to it and the songs let the other people on TikTok create off of it. Right. And, and that goes back to what we were talking about is like just showing up. I mean, like you, you never really know if you have something special if you don't put it out there. Um, so like you kind of got to just risk like just doing yourself and putting it out there. Just got to risk it for a biscuit, man. Exactly. OK, I, I heard some, one of my friends have always said that. And I'm just like, wait, why did I pull out her own quote on her? I'm, 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 <laughs> oh, my God. OK, now I'm starting to even lose my own mind. But yeah, exactly. You're, you're putting it out there as, as best as possible. If you're not there then you're not going to be successful on that platform if you're just not there. You're not going to have a chance to be there. You're not going to have a chance to be successful if you don't even enter the fucking race. Right. If you don't, Again, showing up, 90% of it is just showing up. It's for you. If you got your stuff on TikTok, if you've got it out there, will everything hit? No, not, nothing, not everything is going to hit. That's the way it right. is. But what happens if you get that one thing where you get that one moment where all of a sudden something really goes off and a lot of people get behind it. And now you, it's like, okay, now you have this moment. That's fantastic. Now you got to go do, now you got to build off of that. You got to continue off of that. You can't just have this moment and just go, Oh, okay. Now that's it. No, it's like, right. Oh, of right. course you're going to have that dip. But it's like, how do we keep building up? How do we keep moving with it? Yeah. Which also, also gives that experience like its own whole environment to fear. Like once you finally get what you want and then you're like, Oh, sh okay. How do I stay here? <laughs> Like, yeah, that's that's kind of its own stressful thing. But at that point in time, too, especially for a lot of these different social media platforms, what you can do is you can take a look and see what other bands, what other artists, what other people have succeeded on that platform. And when they had that moment like that, what did they do to continue up on that? What did mm -hmm. they do to make sure that the attention that they had gotten was not lost? How do you do that? Of course, for your own self, because you're not going to be able to do it exactly the same way as anybody else did. But how do you take the idea of what they did, make it your own and continue on with that so that you're building up on the same principles, but you're still doing it with your own flavor that makes people connect with you? Exactly. And if there was if there was a single answer to that question, there would be a lot more happy musicians in the world. Oh God, I would be a oh, shit ton more happy musicians in the world. There's a shit ton happy more music fans because we'd have so many more bands to listen to. We'd have so many more bands that we'd be able to get to know about because all these bands that are out there, there's a lot of fantastic music out there that we don't know about. But with so much, you know, great, with so many musicians out there, with so much, so many other creators out there, so many other people, so many other attention grabbers out there. How do we get to know about all this stuff when all of a sudden we're scrolling through TikTok or, you know, we're sitting on the couch watching Netflix and you're hearing the same crappy soundtrack that's like over a Dude Perfect video over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. 
Oh, man, maybe we could just get some more, you know, crazy ass, you know, pop, punk, rock, metal, everything in there and all these other different like just just everywhere for all these different soundtracks. Shit. I know uh, NHL 24, they're putting like Bring Me the Horizon in their sound song list. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I oh, got to go yeah. pick up a copy of that shit now because yeah. the sound like the song list. I'm like, you got. Okay, there's some other ones in there that are probably, you know, more popular, but you put Bring Me the Horizon there. You put some 41 in there. Really? Which some 41 no. song? Uh, the new one. Was it Landmine? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm like, that's some good shit. But again, it's you're I'm seeing more of these more of especially for rock and metal, even and just even the subgenres, of course, pop punk being one of them. I'm seeing them have a lot more of those moments now, especially since the pandemic. There's a lot more of those moments that are happening and they're only continuing to rise. So you're in one hell of a position right now, man, to have one of those moments, but continue to work on your craft as well. Being in the scene that you are, being in pop punk where you are and being in a music scene like Nashville where everyone is attracted to music. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think, and I think with the internet, again, it's just, everyone is just open to so much. Everyone is always open to so much, man, because I can get you everything all of the time. A list yeah. of everything all of the time. Yep. Breaking out. No, Bo Burnham. Shit. I'm, I'm trying. I'm like ripping off everybody now. Ripping <laughs> off my friends. Ripping off, you know, corporate quotes. I'm ripping off Bo Burnham. Oh, dear God. Oh, YouTube might demonetize this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe if I don't put the audio in there, I'll be fine. Right. That was a pretty stellar Bo Burnham impression. I think the, the algorithm is definitely going to pick that up damn damn me in my voice oh well whatever so now that you know you got the brand new song out right now i gotta know man so i've gotten people to know you a little bit more gotta know you a little bit more myself what's coming next what's the plan going forward for your music i always am curious to see what the future might hold for you or what you think the future might hold for you <laughs> yeah uh well i don't want to give everything away all at one time but um i would say generally i just want to keep doing what i'm doing on a larger and larger scale um, so just put out more music. Uh, you can definitely expect a song, uh, pretty soon. I'd say within a month or two ish soon. Um, and yeah, just like keep putting out music for people to listen to, uh, keep making fun content for people to enjoy and, uh, just see where it can go and how it can grow. It's a good way to put it, man. I mean, it's something where I want to make sure more people get to know you by putting, you know, be able to find you, being able to like, okay, we're going to follow this guy in Spotify. We're going to know when everything new is coming out around Cameron Alexander. We want to keep in tabs. We want to keep up with someone who's making good music because when they, if, and when they get that chance where they're going to be big, where they're going to really blow up, we can look back and say, Hey, we knew when they only had a couple of songs out, we've been listening to them ever since then. So yeah, well, we're all listening now. So that's all a good thing, but still a little bit of bragging rights there. Yeah. All right, I got one more question for you, Cameron, and it's something I've been asking every artist since for the past like a little while that I've had on, and I'm gonna continue with you. So, if you have one or two or three artists that maybe aren't that well known that you're really listening to, getting to know that you want to, you know, get more people to know, I want to know who they are. So, give me three artists that you would suggest me to listen to, and suggest everyone else to listen to that you know maybe aren't that big right now. Okay. Um, I think right off the top of my head, um, I wouldn't say I have any crazy underground musicians, but um, this band Koyo just dropped an album, I think last week. Um, and I saw them live in Nashville here in like May. They opened up with uh, No Pressure and uh, they're super sick. I love, they're like, they're pop punk with like, I'd say they're a little bit more like hardcore influence. Like their vocalist is a lot more like uh, screamy, yelly than like, you know, squeaky clean like me. 
Um, so I love that band. I would definitely recommend checking that out. And then uh, this other band, Action Adventure, um, they're like uh, they're a little bit more like easy core side of uh, pop punk, uh, where they got like kind of four year strong vibes. Like they're very riffy and got that heaviness to them. But uh, and honestly, like some of the best lyrics I've ever even like read in all of pop punk. I feel like it's probably like top three lyricism for me uh, from that band. So I would say those two are definitely ones I would check out if you like my music. Perfect. You got one more for me. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, this band Kid Punk, they're from, um, they're from somewhere in the UK. They're smaller, uh, they're smaller than the other bands I mentioned, but, uh, they're super cool. I definitely check them out. Perfect. We got three more bands to check out to keep tabs on along with keeping tabs on Mr. Cameron Alexander right there. So make sure you don't miss out on that now. Cameron, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I like to do is give my guests, which is you right now, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you promote at the end of the episode. So my friend, the floor is yours. Well, thanks for watching. If you made it to the end, that's pretty crazy that you listened to us talk for an hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just released a new song. You can go check it out if you want. Definitely be releasing music soon, playing some shows around the Nashville area. Um, follow me on Instagram, uh, Cameron Alexander, uh, with an extra C in the beginning. Uh, hopefully I'll get the clean tag in the future. Um, but yeah, just follow me on all socials and uh, just stay tuned with what I got going on in the future. And uh, appreciate you checking me out. Perfectly said. Now, send me this podcast with three things. First things first, when it comes to finding Cameron Alexander online, keeping tabs with him on social media, keeping tabs with him when it comes to music, what's being released, where you can find it and listen to it. You know what? Instead of having to search all this stuff up yourself, let me make it as easy as possible for you. Go scripture to the podcast where it says find Cameron Alexander online. All socials, where you can watch music videos, where you can stream the music, where you can go support them. Links and labels are going to be down there for you. I'm doing all the hard work. All it's going to take you is two clicks, and you're going to be following me on your favorite platform, be able to stream his music, everything like that. I got you covered, so don't let me down. Now it's time for number two. Cameron, whenever I guest on the podcast that I enjoy from the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast, and I wish to continue to support you in any way that I can in the future. So this is the promise I make. It's not an if. Because if implies possibility that this might not happen. And I say, fuck that shit. I say when. Because when implies this is going to happen. Right now, we just do not have a date or time. So when I get to see you perform live for the first time, I am going to come in and I'm going to do my best at Liam Neeson impersonation from Taken. Because I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. I will give you a hello. And I will say, first round's on me. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I know you said you were 21, so I'm like, oh, thank God I can actually make this promise and not, you know, potentially get arrested. So, <laughs> hell yeah, that'll be so sick. I'm so psyched for that. Hell yeah. Could man. you do like a Liam Neeson, like just do all of his roles? Could you do uh, like Raz al Ghul from Batman Begins? And then could you come in like Jedi robes, do like the Qui Gon Jinn lines too? I could try to do that. Just like have like all these different costume changes throughout the night and just see what happens. Yeah. You don't have to promise me that. You, you just settle for one. I'll settle for one. I mean, if I had to settle for one, it would definitely be Liam Neeson and Taken because that's more my style. That's more my thing. Plus, it'd be kind of cool to come with a leather jacket and just go, I told you I would find you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a very particular set of skills. Skills have been acquired over a long career of talking to musicians. Dude, I honestly, I, I know we were about to end this podcast, but that movie's kind of weird to me because, like, I honestly, he doesn't see... He doesn't seem like a badass to me. He just seems like a tryhard, like a nerd. Like there's scenes where he just like ducks under a couch and he's like shooting people's feet like from under a couch. Like that's not like badass to me, is it? Dude, that's just fucking intelligent. <laughs> yeah, it's smart, but it's like I'd rather <laughs> see John Wick like 
do a bunch of crazy shit, kill a guy with a pencil. Well, why do you think they made four John Wick movies with still more on the way and they only made three Taken movies? That's true. There we go. So now it comes to number three. As we <laughs> this podcast inclusion, I cannot end this by saying goodbye because I made you a promise. I would love to have you on again in the future and watch you continue to grow as well. So this cannot be goodbye, my friend. This is, I'll see you later. See you later. Peace. Woo! Well, folks, it's interview with Cameron Alexander. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. Thinking about this one, I mean, this kind of has a huge perspective on it when it comes to a lot of things that he said, and it has a little bit more of a maturity behind it, especially musician, but you you can see it's from him because he's been in bands, like he said, since he was 11, he's 21 now. So he's been in bands practically half of his life. He's been in music for almost half his life at this point. And again, 90% of it all is showing up. He's like, the most important thing is just showing up. After that, he was also talking about just, you know, again, the mindset around that he has when it comes to looking in at other musicians, living in a scene that might have a lot better musicians than you, instead of being discouraged by it, seeing the musicians and the bands that are better than you and looking at what they're doing, get inspired by it and make the necessary changes in order to win. It's simple as that. It's something that if you want to be able to succeed, that's what you have to do. You have to be open to adapting. You have to be open to interpretation. I mean, Bear Grylls said improvise, adapt, overcome. And, you know, even though people don't really care for Bear Grylls nearly as much as they did, I mean, that quote still freaking works. And it's that kind of mindset which allows someone like Cameron to go from just being outside New Orleans to moving to Nashville and really starting to make a name for himself within pop punk in Nashville. I mean, you think about pop punk, you think about the West Coast, think about the Midwest, think about the Northeast. But Nashville, you think about country music, but it makes sense that he could succeed there because it's not just country music. It is music as a whole. A lot of people there are big into music. Music tourism there is a huge thing. Yes, of course, it's a lot of it is dull around country. But think about it from this perspective. Even if it is a lot around country music, a lot of people that still like the music grew up listening to a lot of the stuff that Cameron was influenced by. He When he brought up Green Day in the mid-2000s, his big like influence like being like expansive and like, okay, that's what I want to do. Shit, how many of us got in the music that we like right now because of American Idiot by Green Day. Yeah, I, I remember I did a post. It was like a Facebook thing. It was like 10 albums that, you know, impacted your life in the heaviest way. Um, I did it in chronological order and Green Day's American Idiot was number two. Because that was like the first album that I ever had that I was like, this is kind of like my thing. This is kind of like my music that's not associated with my parents or anything. Have this connecting point to it. Seeing it from Cameron as well. Ooh, now I want to see this guy succeed. And I wanted to make sure you guys helped him succeed as well. So when it comes to finding Cameron online, go to the link description of the podcast where it says find Cameron Alexander online. Links levels for everything. Socials, YouTube, where you can find him playing shows and where you can stream his music as well. Also, make sure you follow the Corporate Rush Podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Link description of the podcast below. Make sure if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button right down here. New episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday and reaction videos every single Friday as well. If you're on Spotify Podcast and iHeartRadio, you'll still get the episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday, so hit that follow button. Also, make sure you hit like on this episode as well to help push in the algorithm. Same thing with Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Do all that stuff. I want to thank you for support. Thank you for helping out the podcast. And... Thanks for being here once again and find out about more new music and better artists continuing to come through to fruition. So on that note, that's for you guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end them.
every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!